Thanks for joining us on the Father's House podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at thefathershouse.com. We'd love to stay connected. Now, let's go to this week's message. Wow, wow. What a great morning. It's good to see you today on this 4th of July weekend. We're starting a brand new series today called The Parables, Stories Jesus Told. But before we get into that today, I just want to sit down and just share a couple of things with you that, that's upcoming. You know, this year, this entire year, we said that it's a year of discovering or rediscovering uh, the truth of Jesus. So we have the t-shirts that are available for you to purchase if you want. We also have the wristbands that say Jesus. And on the other side, it's got all the names of Jesus, Emmanuel, and all the other ones. So those are free for you out there. So we encourage you to get that. Those of you who serve at the Father's House in any way, July 12th, we have our team night. We have dinner and time to get together at 6 o'clock. So uh, be sure that your team leader has invited you, so you need to respond. It's going to be a great, great evening. And if you'll go ahead and take out your phone and go to the Father's House uh, webpage, I want to show you something. Every quarter, once a quarter, we're doing a three-day fast, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and it just so happens that it starts tomorrow. So if you go to our website and you scroll down through there, you'll come to a place that says quarterly corporate fasting, fast, pray, night of worship. So through there, if you'll scroll down, it talks about fasting, why do we fast, how do we fast, uh, what do you do before you fast, lunchtime, evening, etc. It talks about the Esther fast, the Paul fast, three-day water fast, what to do before you start that fast, and scriptures that you can pray over. So we want to encourage you as much as possible to participate with us Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And then Wednesday night, we come together for our monthly encounter on the first Wednesday, our Holy Spirit encounter night. And we'll, uh, we'll break our fast with communion that night. And then also it'll be a great time of celebration. We're believing for signs, wonders, and miracles. So I really encourage you to do that uh, and join with us. It's going to be an awesome time. Hey, in your handout today, there's a little handout, the sheet that uh, we're going to, we'll, this series, we all, in the summer, we always do something sort of fun. We do God on the f movies and stuff like that. But this year, we've decided July and August, we're going to do a thing on the parables. And the School of Ministry students are going to help me beginning next week to teach. They'll do a 15-minute teaching, and there'll be an intermission of some sort. We'll have a song, a video, who knows? I mean, we made a coffee break. Let's do something radical. I don't know. And then there'll be another 15 minutes. So it'll be a fun time for you to invite people to look at the parables. So today, I'm not on the clock, so I'm the only one today, all right? But I want you to look at the introduction to the parables there on the page. We all love stories, right? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I thought, did I say that or not say that? Okay. Let's try it again. We all love stories. Yeah. It's the way we learn about who we are. So isn't it surprising that Jesus uses stories to teach his children? And Jesus' stories are so compelling that they're known throughout the world, both in and out of the church. Much more than entertainment, Jesus' stories challenge all of us to continually to adjust our view of life, our thinking, and our way of living. 
throughout the parables of Jesus, we are in fact being invited into a bigger story. We are rediscovering his story. So today I'm going to start with the first parable, and it's the parable of the great banquet. And I'd like for you to read it with me. You can read it in your Bible if you have it. It's in Luke chapter 14, or you can read it along with me on the Sky Bible this morning, okay? So it says, Jesus replied with this parable. There was a man who invited many to join him in a what? Great feast. When the day for the feast arrived, the host instructed his servant to notify all the, uh, the invited guests to come to, and to tell them, come for everything is now ready for you. But one by one, they all began to make what? Excuses. One said, I can't come. I just bought some property and I'm obligated to go and look it over. Another said, please accept my regrets, for I just purchased five teams of oxen, and I have to go make sure they can plow. Another one said, I can't come because I just got married, and my wife won't let me come. Oh, I'm sorry, I added that. <laughs> the servant reported back to their host and told them of their excuses. So the master became angry and said to his servants, go at once throughout the city and invite anyone Invite anyone, say that, invite anyone, you find the poor, the blind, the disabled, the hurting, the lonely, and invite them to my banquet. When the servant returned to his master, he said, sir, we've done all that you asked for, but there's still room for more. So the master told him, all right, go out again. And this time, don't just invite them, but bring them, bring them all back with you. Persuade the beggars on the streets, the outcasts, even the homeless urgently insist that they come in and enjoy the feast so that my house might be what? Full. I say to you, all the one who receives any and the one who receives the invitation to the feast with me and makes excuses will never enjoy my banquet. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the banquet of eternal life that you've invited us to come to. We thank you, Lord, that even those that feel like they're outcasts, they don't fit, there's a place at the table. And Lord, you're inviting us today, you're inviting all of us to make sure that we have a reservation that we've accepted to that table of eternal life. So I pray as we look in this parable today that you will anoint me. Holy Spirit, help me to say exactly what you want me to say and don't let me to say anything that I shouldn't say. And I pray as, as we prepare to, uh, to study this parable, that right now as we even listen to this song, that you will prepare our hearts to respond in the accurate way to the table that you're putting before us. In your name, Jesus. Amen. There is a table Filled with the best food Can you hear the Father calling? There's a seat just for you Wow, wow And at this table all is forgiven 
great in your chains of bondage for crowns of freedom all are welcome at the table there is a place just for you no condemnation at the table there is a place just for you just for you this is the table of new beginnings these cups are full of love and it's never ending no 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 and at this table there are no Just a loving father and his sons and daughters all are welcome at the table. There is a place just for you. No condemnation at the table. There is a place just for you all are welcome all are welcome at the table there is a place just for you no condemnation at the table there is a place just for you just for you This is the start of your new life. Leave your chains at the door. They can't hold you anymore. Hold your head up high. This is the start of your new life. All are welcome at the table. There is a place just for you. No condemnation at this table. There is a place just for you. Oh, all are welcome at the table. 
There is a place just for you No condemnation at this table There is a place just for you There is a place just for you Wow, I'm just so thankful that I've made my reservation for that table. How about you? Wow, man, that was awesome. Thank God. Hey, um, as we think about this particular parable, I'd like for you to think about what is one of the most unique invitations that you've ever received in your life? I mean, maybe what was the best invitation you've ever received? Uh, I remember years ago, we were invited by Mariano Rivera from the New York Yankees for a personal uh, private dinner with him. And then afterwards, we went with him to uh, uh, Brooklyn Tabernacle Church and met Jim Cimbala in his office, spent some time with him. And then after the service, waiting for my ride out on the streets there in Brooklyn, Mariano stayed out there with me. And I thought, whoa, that's a pretty good invitation. Country boy gone good. That's great. So I asked Anita yesterday, I said, you know, of all the places, you know, and she said, well, we've had a lot of great invitations. But she said, I think my, the one that stands out the most in my mind is that when we were at Pastor Rick Godwin's church several years ago, and uh, he had a special guest, and he invited us back into the green room to meet the special guest, and it was John Schneider from Dukes of Hazard, you know, the good-looking guy. And she said, and I remember, he didn't shake my hand he kissed my hand. That was her. And she's never washed that hand since. But anyway, <laughs> invitations. Invitations come in all shapes and sizes, don't they? You know, sometimes you get one just scribbled out, you know, join me for dinner this week. Or sometimes you get it on an elaborate uh, gold uh, emboist uh, piece of paper. Or sometimes it's on the social media where it says, Are you, will you come? Are you interested? Going? Can't go? And so you can actually see who's going. And if you don't like who's going, you can say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm going to be out of town. I can't make it that week, right? The invitation. And so in this particular story, I think what we need to realize is that whenever we receive an invitation, it's saying you are wanted. We're having a really good event, and I want to include you. That's what this parable is all about. It's about in this parable, it's about the feast or the banquet is the kingdom of God. Uh, and that kingdom of God that is in heaven, but also here on earth, to being part of the kingdom of God, being part of the church. And so God the Father is sending out an invitation. Well, he sent out an invitation to uh, the Jews, and they rejected the prophets, and they rejected Jesus. And so, you know, it's basically, they're the ones that gave the excuses that, no, 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 it's not going to work. So he said, in this parable, I want you to go to find the ones that feel like that they're the worthless the ones that don't fit in anywhere, and I want you to invite them. So when we look at this story, 
It helps us to understand that just a little bit more. So I, when, I, when I read this over, I kind of understand that there's two basic things in this parable that we need to learn. And if you're taking notes, the first one would be simply this, that we need to accept the invitation to accept the invitation to God's banquet, to the place at the table. Jesus came to create us the opportunity to be able to spend eternity with God. So it says that a man invited many, he wanted them to be included, to the great feast. I mean, I, th I read this week in the, uh, the Guinness Book of World Records, the most expensive party that was ever uh, experienced. It happened in Saudi Arabia, of course, to the tune of $44 million for a 10-day wedding feast. I'm thinking, dang, give me the $10 million and I'll go on my own and y'all can have do whatever fun. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine 10 days? But this wedding feast of Jesus is a wedding feast for all eternity. Can you imagine those sitting around the table? Wow. So he sent out the invitation. And when he sent out the invitation, he said, come for everything is now ready. Now, if you're from the South and somebody invites you to their house for a banquet or to a dinner, what's one of the first things that you will ask? What can I bring, right? Exactly. You don't just show up with nothing and need somebody to invite us and she'll say, well, what can we bring? I say, well... I, I don't know. We'll find out what we can bring. And if we can't bring anything, we'll, she'll stop and get some flowers and bring some flowers or a plant. Because you don't want to show up empty-handed. But with this banquet, everything that could ever be done is already completed. When Jesus hanging on that cross said, it is finished, that means there's nothing else I can bring. I can't bring my good works I can't bring my reputation. I can't bring anything because he said, come now. It's all done. You don't have to do anything else. Come. So the invitation went out, and then they all began to make what? Excuses. Somebody said, an excuse is a skin of a reason stuffed with a lie. Oh, that's good. Or somebody said, it's alibis that become lullabies in our life. I don't know if you've ever seen this or not, but it's on uh, Metropolitan Life Insurance uh, published these. And they're actual stories when people talked about an accident that they were in. These are actual uh, words that they use to explain the accident. Look at this. Here, here they are. An invisible car came out of nowhere, struck my car, vanished. The pedestrian had no idea which direction to go, so I ran over him. I've been driving, this must be Moses, I've been driving for 40 years when I fell asleep at the wheel and had the accident. Look at this one. The other driver was all over the road. I had to swerve a number of times before I hit him. This is my favorite. I pulled away from the side of the road, glanced at my mother-in-law, and headed over the embankment. Oh, Wow. excuses. The first one said, hey, I bought some property and I'm obligated to go and look it over. 
If you want to write down, here, here's because people still use these same excuses. What he's simply saying is here, I've got to take care of my stuff. Say stuff. I got to take care of my stuff. I got a lot of stuff. Look, I bought some property and I got to go check it out. Would any of you do that? If you would. Pastor Tim has some beachfront property in Okahumpka that he wants to sell you after the service. Nobody would do that, right? You don't just say, well, I'm going to buy that property sight unseen. No, you check it out. It's an excuse. But what happens there, he's saying that people get so busy with their stuff. You know, we, we get stuff, and then we get more stuff, and then we got to get a storage unit to put all of our stuff in, and then we can't find the stuff that we're looking for among all the stuff. And if we're not careful, we can get so much stuff that just taking care of the stuff keeps us away from responding to Jesus. Here's a second excuse. I just purchased five teams of oxen, and I need to make sure they can pull the plow. In other words, this one is, my job is keeping me busy. My job is keeping me. First one is all of my stuff. i got to take care of my stuff. Now it's my job. You know, I, I've got a job, and I've got to work at that job. And, and I work six days a week, and Sunday's my only day off, and don't expect me to come to church. And why does God want me to? I, my, my job, i gotta, I got to work at my job. Through the years, I've watched people that uh, they come to church, you know, they're down and out. And they say, would you pray for us? Pray that we can get a job. Pray we get a house. And so we pray to get a good job, to get a good house. And all of a sudden, they don't come to church anymore. They don't have time now because everything is just craving in on them. And then I love to pray for somebody like that when they call and say, hey, would you pray for me? We're struggling with this or we're struggling with that. And here's a prayer I like to pray. Lord, remember when John was down and out and he had nothing, but he had you and he loved you and he never missed a week at church. So Lord, I pray you'll take this job away from him that keeps him from coming to you and let him get back to the place where you are first in his life. No, I don't want you to pray that, Terry. Got to take care of my stuff. I'm working. And then the other guy, what's he say? I just got married. Can't you see him? Hair all slicked back, young guy, you know. I can't come. My wife said I can't come, you know. I, I, I just got married. Basically what he's saying is that my family's taking up my time. I don't have time for Jesus. I don't have time for church. I don't have time for that. My family, my family comes first, don't they? My family comes before my relationship with God. We just, you know how it is, Pastor. I'm sorry. We, man, we just missing church. You know, it's a summer. We're in traveling little league season. We're in traveling soccer team season. We're in rodeo season. Oh, we're in the Miss Little Whatever She Is You Think Will Become season. And we have to miss church. Probability of that young man or young woman ever becoming a professional athlete is minuscule. But the reality is there'll come a time in their life when they'll need Jesus. And you've been more occupied with your stuff, your work, or your family than you are with him. The most important thing you can do as a family is that when it's time for church that you are in church. So he said all these people gave these excuses 
And then it says that the master was, was angry, and he said, and here's the second thing. First of all, we should accept the invitation. Second of all, he says to those of us who've already accepted the invitation, then I want you to go, first of all, invite, and then we'll look at the second thing. I want you to go invite others. He said, I want you to invite the poor, the blind, the disabled, the hurting, the lonely. Invite them to my banquet. He said, I want you to go invite the least likely people that you think would come. He said, you know, I, we, we tried it with the religious people the, and those that had everything. But he said, I want you to go find those people that feel like that Jesus would never want them. That Jesus would never have a place for them. That they would never fit. He said, I want you to go and invite them. So they went and they invited him and there was still room. And I don't believe God ever played poker, but he does like a full house. He looked around and he said, oh, my house has still got room for, for others. And he said, so this time, look at this, go out again. But this time I want you to bring them. I want you to persuade them to come, bring them. In other words, bribe them for lunch. Bribe them for breakfast. Promise to sweep out their garage. Do whatever you can, but I want you to bring them with you. I wonder why it is that we struggle sometimes with inviting people to church or inviting people to Jesus or even having a Jesus conversation with them. I thought about that this week, and I thought, well, you know, I guess it's sometimes because we feel like that we're so messed up. I'm just too messed up. I, you know, I, I, God could never use me. I mean, this person knows me. And so they, they, they know when I lost my temper a couple of weeks ago, or, or, or they know this about me, or they know something else. But I want you to know this. The very thing that you think disqualifies you for being used of God to invite and bring people is the very thing that Jesus sees that qualifies you to bring them. The very thing that you look at and you say, you know what, I'm just not perfect, but you're the perfect person. You're the perfect person that he's put in their life. I, uh, I, 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 in between services today, someone told me, said, this week, as a new person that comes to church, and she said, she was telling Sean, and Sean related to me, she said, this week, I invited so-and-so to come to church with me. Now, she's a new person. And she said, this person would be the least likely that you would think that would ever even want an invitation to church. And she said, I invited him, and he looked at me, and he said, this is a grown man. And he said this, listen to this. I have never been invited to any church in my whole life. Can't come this Sunday but I'll come with you next week. You see, you think that you're not perfect, but you're the perfect person that Jesus has put in their life as an influence to invite them to Jesus, to invite them to church. And, and so we, we look at this and, and the very thing that you feel that, that, that counts you out and say, no, because I'm not good at this or uh, you know, I can't say things like somebody else or if they ask me some question about you know, where do dinosaurs fit in the whole creation, uh, you know, I would just, you have to count me out because I'm not smart enough. No, no, listen. What you think counts you out 
is the very thing that counts you in to be used of Jesus to invite someone to him. Now, we try to help you all that we can. And when you leave today, when you go outside, you'll see some what we call invite cards and even little packages of invite cards. This one here says, uh, you're invited. We don't care where you've been. We care where you're going. Father's house, Sundays, 9 and 11. And on the back, it has the information that you have there. So you know what? I use these cards all the time. I talk to somebody. I meet somebody new. And I'll say to them, hey, I carry them in my pocket. I carry a six-pack in my pocket, all right? And so um, they say, I say, do you have a home church? No, I don't go to church anywhere. I say, here, let me give you an invite to the Father's house. I can't say much for the lead preacher, but there's a bunch of great people that will be there. If you'll come, you'll find out. And then, like yesterday, we had a great lunch. And so we have these other cards out there that says simply this, something extra to show that God loves you. So after you go to lunch today and you're served well and you leave a nice tip, please don't leave a card without a nice tip, okay? Don't be stingy, all right? And then on the back, it has an invite to the Father's house. And so I, I use these all the time because you see, you think that, but I don't have the ability. But that, there is two things right there that gives you the ability. So when you leave today, get one of those. Now, I mean, they're just... They just keep getting smarter and smarter around here. Tim and I are still yellow page guys. But the people that we surround us with, they come up with really neat things. Like, this is a new invite card that we've got. See this? See how small this is? How, how beautiful it is? It says, love God, love people, make disciples the Father's house. And then you turn it on the other side, and there's this, like, this bullseye target that you might use with your BB gun. But it's not a bullseye. What's it called? You guys are smart too, aren't you? It's a QR code. And so what you do, you know, during COVID, when you go to a restaurant and they say you can't get a menu because you're going to get you COVID, but here's, a, here's the menu here, shoot this QR code and the menu comes up. And so there it is. Most of the time, sometimes it'll come up. But when you shoot this QR code, guess where it takes you? The Father's House website. And there is an encyclopedia, as Eddie said, of all kinds of events and all kinds of things that are going on. And if you had to carry a book with all those things in it, man, it'd be so big you wouldn't have room for it. But it's right here on this one little card. But all it takes is us being willing to be used of God to invite someone. I wonder who it is. I wonder who it is that's waiting for you to invite them. You see, if I invite somebody, they say, oh, well, that's a preacher. He's probably wanting something from me, so I don't know. But when you invite, you don't have to know all the answers. People say, well, you know what about this? You just simply say, you know what? The only way I can tell you is just come and see. It's not your grandma's church. Just, just come and see. Well, 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 well will I fit in? Well, sure you'll fit in. Well, I don't have any church clothes. Well, preacher shows up in ripped jeans and sometimes Harley boots and sometimes he shows up in suits. So you, you'll be all right. You'll be all right. But I can't get that out of my mind that this grown man said, no one ever has invited me to church. This week I was up at the coffee shop getting a, a, a coffee. And the young lady that was serving me had a most beautiful smile. And she kept looking at me and smiling. And, and so I said, you have a very lovely smile. 
she smiled real big and she said, aren't you the pastor of the Father's house? And I thought, oh Lord, I hope she didn't think I was flirting with her. <laughs> I said, yes. She said, I'm Lydia. I come to the Father's house. I said, that's awesome. I'm thinking in my mind, I don't remember that I've seen you, but I'm sure glad you're here. So as soon as I came back to the church, I asked the girls in the front office, who's Lydia? Tell me about Lydia. And they're so smart. They look up on the computer and say, oh, Lydia was somebody that Simone invited. So I get to the bottom of the story. Simone runs a, a hair salon, a spa. And Lydia delivered coffee. And Simone takes the opportunity why don't you come to my church? Lydia shows up, and God is working in her life. Who's that for you? Every, every day, I mean, it, it, this happens so often. Mike and Patty, you guys at the furniture barn, you're always inviting people. Well, this week, one of your employees, somebody came in between services. The guy said, we moved here from Homosassa. We had three or four churches that we, had, we were going to check out. And said, so this week we went to the furniture barn, and the young lady, Terry, there said, hey, why don't you come to my church? And the guy's crying like a baby. And he said, we came today because God wanted us to come. And when we walked in, we knew this would be the house that we would be at. Who is it for you? Who is it? Who is it that you work with? Who is it you rub shoulders with? It's just waiting don't say no for them, but they're waiting for an invite. Maybe like this. I'm Matt. You know me from work, and we briefly talk every day by the coffee machine. As far as you know, my life is going fine, but reality is it's falling apart. I can barely make ends meet. I wish I knew what to do. I'm Julie. I run the gate for your community. You wave hi to me as you drive by after work, and I always wave back with a smile. I see the church sticker on the back of your car as you leave, and I just wish I could be a part of that. But my shyness has led me to a point of loneliness, and I just lose more hope every day. I'm Navik. I don't know much about you, but I do know that you're big into that church thing, and that you like your coffee order with light ice and no water. Most days I'm content, but sometimes I wonder what the purpose of life is. I wish I could ask if you knew the answer, but you seem so busy. I'm Brennan your personal trainer. I'm sure you think I have it all together because of my fitness level, but I've made a lifestyle of chasing a perfect image to feel valuable. I never feel satisfied. I see how you walk around with an inner joy that you say comes from your God, and I just wish I could have that. I'm too proud to ask to go with you to church, but I just wish you would ask me. Wow. Can you imagine what eternity is going to be like? Linda, when you sit down at the banquet table. And on your left and on your right are going to be people that you took time to pray for and invite. And they'll look at you and say, I thank God that you, he put you in my life as an influence to invite me. And because of you, I came to church and I took God up on that invitation. I'm so thankful that you did that. 
I'm going to pray this morning that we as a church become more bold than ever before in our life. That we become more, that we don't say no for, well, I'm just, I'm afraid that they won't come. The, the statistics are people that have never gone to church would still say, I would come to church if my friend would invite me or bring me. Who's that for you? Who's the Lord wanting to use to change their eternity? Here's what I know. When you invite somebody or you bring somebody, you become real partners with me. Because on the Sunday that they show up, you're praying, Lord, please help Terry not to say anything stupid. Please, please help him not to go anywhere that, that he shouldn't go. Please, Lord. And then when we get to the time for the invitation, and I say, if you want to, would you bow your heads and let's, let's pray. And if you've never invited Christ into your heart, would you raise your hand and let me pray for you? Here's what I promise you're doing. You're peeking. Because you've been hoping and praying that they would make that decision to invite Christ into their life. I'm telling you, there's no more joy in this world than to know that you have been an influence to change someone's eternity. Let's don't be ashamed. Ask people a question like this. You're talking to them, maybe they're a friend of yours, and, and, and you just say, you know, hey, uh, won't you come to church with me? Well, if I came, the roof would collapse. <laughs> oh, no, it won't collapse. We have, we have it fixed up good. It won't. Well, I probably wouldn't. Yeah, you fit in. You're my friend. And if I fit in, you'll fit in. And then ask a question like this. Is there anything I can pray with you about? See, some of you are professionals in life. And in, in your sphere of influence, I could never touch the people that you touch. But I'm going to tell you, money and the most important job in the world, there's still people that their lives are coming apart and they need Jesus. And you have an opportunity to say, is there anything I can pray with you about? You know, I've said to people that I just barely met, I, I just felt like asking, I say, is there anything I can pray with you about? But even the worst heathen that I've talked to, I've never had anybody say, no, I don't want your prayers. They'll skirt it a little bit and say, ah, oh, well, yeah, I could use all the prayer I can get. I say, okay, I'm gonna pray for you. But most of the time they'll say something like this. Well, you know, my, my wife's not been feeling well and you know, she's pregnant with this child and some complications. You know, I appreciate a prayer. Or, or my kid is strung out or, you know, I need to make a decision with my life. In this banquet parable, Jesus is saying to us, I've given my life to invite everyone to come to this table. But the only way that I can reach people or the way that he's decided to reach people is through you and me. I know it's the 4th of July weekend. We've got a lot of people on vacation, different stuff. We've got empty seats. But I'm telling you, I really believe God wants to see this house full. 
I've seen it in my prayer time full twice. I've seen it full three times. Because I believe people that have been created by God need to know that he has a place for them. And he wants them. Would you bow your head? I want to pray for us today. I want to pray, first of all, for us that have accepted the invitation that we would be bold. I'm not asking to stand on a street corner and hold a placard and say, turn or burn. I'm not asking to do that. I'm just asking to let people know they have an invitation from Jesus to come to his kingdom or to just come to church, come and see. And I'm going to pray today that God gives us boldness. And then second of all, I want to pray for anybody that's here today or watching online. And you're not sure. You're not sure that you've uh, responded to his invitation. Lord Jesus, I come to you. Thank you for this parable today. Thank you for reminding us. Thank you, Lord, for using this man this week that said nobody ever invited me to church to remind us that we're your feet, we're your hands, and we're your voice to a lot of people in this world. Give us the boldness to boldly ask for people to come. Increase our sphere of influence. And Lord, I pray for anyone that's here today that's never said yes to your invitation. Maybe they've gone to church all their life, but they've never said yes to your invitation. Maybe you're sitting here today and you say, you know, what's this all about, this invitation? How, how do I make this happen? Well, here, here's what it is. God so loved the world that he sent his only son, Jesus, to die for your sins and my sin. He lived a sinless life. He died on the cross for our sins, for my sins and your sins. Because you see, we, the only way to get to God is through Jesus. And the scripture said that if I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, I can be saved. And anyone who calls upon his name can be saved. So today, if you're here, we don't come to the table simply because of osmosis that we're here at church any more than walking into your garage at home makes you a car. It's not coming into church. It's making a decision to surrender your life to Jesus and say yes. And here's what will happen today. He'll forgive you of your sins. He'll give you a purpose for living. And he'll create a home in eternity, in the new heaven and the new earth for you. What a deal. What a deal. What do you bring today? Nothing. You just bring your life. Surrender to Jesus. So as the Holy Spirit is moving through this auditorium right now and online, if you're not sure you're ready to meet him, if you're not sure you've got a reservation at the banquet table, let me pray with you today. I won't embarrass you. I won't make you feel bad. I just want to be sure that you have a place at the table. So here's what I'm going to ask you in just a minute. I'm going to ask you in just a minute to raise your hand and make eye contact with me. And then simply, I'm just going to lead all of us in a prayer together corporately. 
but I need to know first of all where you are and I know you're here because I, I feel the Holy Spirit speaking. Some of you already have tears are welling up in your eyes. Some of your palms are sweaty. Some of you already, your heart's beating a little faster and doesn't necessarily mean you have any of those feelings. But you just know the Holy Spirit is drawing you today with the love of Jesus, not condemnation, but with love to be who he wants you to be. So if that's you today and you say, Terry, I'd like to be included in that prayer today. Would you raise your hand and make eye contact with me and let me see you today? I want to pray with you. Just raise your hand and make eye contact with me. I want to pray with you today. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Others today. Thank you, ma'am. Others today. Others today. Those of you watching online, just raise your hand right where you are. If you're unsure today, say, you know, years ago I, I, I knew everything was great, but I'm, I'm not quite sure yet now. Would you just raise your hand? Let me pray with you today with these three that raised their hands. In Jesus' name, thank you. Thank you. Pray this prayer with me. Thank you, God, for sending your son Jesus to die for my sins. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me of my past. Give me a purpose for living and the hope for an eternity with you. As best as I know how, I want to serve you all the days of my life. Fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name. It's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in your life. We would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps might be, visit thefathershouse.com slash next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.